0: bad thing about when i intro is that i can't fool myself hello welcome to punk goes pod the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records punk goes ellipses series to answer the age-old question hell yeah or yeah nah
1: it took me a while to um clock what you were doing there but yeah i appreciate it
0: i was doing a musical intro
1: yeah no first Um,
0: and only time i won't do that ever again (laughs) because because like the i i started it you looked at me like what the fuck are you doing and i was like (laughs) well i have to commit to this
1: (laughs) don't lie you're gonna commit regardless i mean I,
0: i i i'm i'm overjoyed to have committed to one thing in my life and that's you. Ah. And, like, I don't know, a lot of the other times it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have committed to that. <laughs> like, like this, this started off as a good idea, then it was like, oh, shit, we have to do, like, six years of this podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, every time it's a Thursday night before our Friday release <laughs> and we're recording on a Thursday yet again because of me, I have that exact same thought process. <laughs> but, um... Uh, yeah, I just can't quit it.
0: If we'd planned it, we should have recorded it from the road. True. But then I'd also rather just, you know, be in the car with friends and not <laughs> talking about punk-go songs.
1: Yeah, look, I, I very much prefer just this being something that we set aside sort of nothing time to.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, um... <laughs> What song are we doing this week? Uh,
0: Well, to the listener, they should have already, uh, well, they should have read what we were doing first off, but uh, Ah. they should have also taken the cue of my intro. This week's song is (laughs) Disturbia by Rihanna as covered by The Cab for Punk Goes Something. Pop 2. Pop 2. Sorry, I didn't have my notes ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you were just like ragging on our listeners for not planning ahead. As you scramble to get your notes.
0: See, I committed to that. No, that f- fucking backfired. <laughs> We're alive, <lying>, pal.
1: <laughs> Man. How... I was going to say, how are you? I I don't even know. What are we doing?
0: I mean, you, you, you sort of came in and then we came in from work and then we've sort of started, so... I know. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah. I... I, I
1: <laughs> We pretty much talk to each other through microphones. Through, po- through
0: podcasting. Yeah. It's like, we have like seven other podcasts. Did you know this, dear listener? And it's all about just like our different facets of like what we're into and like our lives and stuff. And we just have one called, so Say how's your day Me?
1: That would be terrible.
0: And yet seven podcasts, and yet we still don't make a dime from any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm good. I did a job today and there was a guy in one of the stores who had one of those just thick mats of just a one giant dreadlock Ooh. that was just, yeah, made me want to quit. Yeah. At what point you just, you either just don't care or you just, you think it looks good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. No.
0: Nah. Like I'm not trying I'm not trying to judge or anything, it's just I don't know. That that's not for me. No. No. How are you?
1: Uh, I am well. I am very mindful of the mouth sounds that this microphone picks up.
0: It does pick up a little bit, yeah. Um
1: but also I'm in a very slouchy, comfortable position, so I'm just gonna grin and bear it, as they say.
0: You found comfort even though you're not lounging on the air mattress this week. <laughs>
1: No, no air mattress this week, um, <laughs> but I am bringing air mattress energy to this episode. In that I am very sleepy.
0: That's fine. Like this is uh this is a very kind of a sleepy song, but like a nightmarish song at the same time.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily get sleepy from it, but it's a good segue, nonetheless.
2: It is.
0: Do it. So, I've written this sentence out in uh, big, bold letters. We have previously covered Rihanna in a previous episode, but if you need the short version, Rihanna was born in Barbados in 1988. She also played herself in the 2006 straight-to-DVD film Bring It On, All or Nothing, the third Bring It On movie, this one starring Solange Knowles. So, so if we have another Rihanna song... Which we might do.
1: I feel like we could. We do, I feel like we have the
0: one with her and Eminem. The oh, okay. I love
1: the way you lie. Yeah, I think
0: I think yeah, we might do that. I don't know. Okay. So next time I'll have another like. I'll, I'll talk about like another like little bit part she she had. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, like 2006, because Umbrella came out in 2006, didn't it? Or well, 2005.
1: It was on the same album as Disturbia, wasn't
0: it? Uh, I don't know. I um, Let me have a look. But at the very least, she was either she was either just up and coming, or yeah, hadn't quite made it yet, and so she's yeah playing herself in a cheerleader movie. Yeah. So I guess I'll just get into the facts about the song while you furiously scroll, trying to find out when Umbrella was released.
1: Yeah, so it's from the um, first issue, I think, of Good Girl Gone Bad. Ah, okay. Are you picking up a humming?
0: Yes, I am picking up a humming.
1: Is it from the computer or is it from something in the house?
0: I don't know. Maybe the government's listening to us. (laughs) Sorry, guys. And and the microphone has picked up on their bug. Yeah, sorry. How are you doing? How are you doing, government? How are you doing? How's How's your week been? TGIF, am I right? (laughs) Haha. So, Disturbia was the third single for the 2008 re release.
1: Ah, okay. So then, yeah, 2000. whatever.
0: Of her third album, Good Girl Gone Bad. Now dubbed Good Girl Gone Bad, colon, Reloaded. Which, (laughs) I don't know what it was about, like, that time in history. We just, this was more prevalent in video games and movies, but we loved our colons and we loved our words, like, reloaded. Requiem Unleashed.
1: It was just a very like mid to late two thousands thing. So, like so mid
0: to late. 2000s. The Matrix
1: Reloaded Relo- was it?
0: Well, that was yeah, because that was the second one. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I can't remember what the third one's called.
1: But if, yeah, just a lot of um instead of just two.
0: <laughs> if Helen's listening, I, I imagine like if she's driving, she's like swerving her car furiously <laughs> at us now because like, we can't remember what what Matrix films. They're cold.
1: No, that's yeah. Um, look, we loved our punctuation back in the aughts. Yeah, yeah.
0: Still kind of, but like it feels less prevalent. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 less words like yeah, carnage. And, yeah, unleashed. So <laughs> the song was written by Andre Merritt, Chris Brown. Boo. Yeah, fuck him. Brian Kennedy, who worked with the charming likes of Chris Brown, boo, Jeffrey Star, and Jessica Mowboy.
1: Well, that's Which, a good one. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. Yeah. And Rob A. I say it like that because it's A with an exclamation mark. Yep. What goes through your brain when you become that person who puts a, puts a bit of punctuation in your name?
1: Well, it's the same person who, like, tries to designate themselves a...
0: Yes. Nickname in school. Yes, 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 yes. Hundred percent. Like, is that what's your person.
1: name? I'm Sambo. Really? No. Like, no. I'm, I'm Sam, but people call me Sambo. No, they
0: don't. I, yeah. Some kids in school called me Sambo. Usually, it would lead to Sammy or Samwise. Is yeah, what I would get called, and then, I think I might have repeated it, or a kid, another kid might have repeated it in front of my dad, and like he, he didn't go crazy or anything, but he's like. He's like, oh, actually, like, that's a... Like, there was a racist cartoon about- Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, I
1: literally wasn't referencing that. Yeah, no, I know.
0: But, like, it's, it's Sam and it kind of sounds like Rambo, so... Huh. Yeah. Uh, so, this group of uh, men would be known as the Graffiti Artists. Jesus. There's a, there's a Z in there. Figure out where that is. Uh, the producing was mostly performed by Brian Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So, Rihanna has said the song isn't about one particular experience, but rather the general feeling of mental anguish, anxiety, and confusion.
1: Those are the same feelings I'm having right now, with a sort of staticky noise in the background.
0: Yeah, maybe... This is probably why we shouldn't do this with headphones on.
1: Maybe. This is just a cursed episode all round, so... (laughs) Just... Yeah, sit back and enjoy, I guess.
0: So, would that imply that she perhaps wrote the lyrics... If she has that feeling towards it.
2: Mm. Or maybe
0: not.
1: I can never tell with, like, these larger scale, like, pop stars in the traditional sense, if that makes Mm. sense. Like, I can never tell if, like, they bring something to the table and then, like, all the songwriters they work with riff on that. Or if it's literally just, here, take this song and record it.
0: Well, maybe when Sia gets out of hiding after, re- like, recuperating from that god-awful movie that she made last mm. year, we can ask her, hey, what's the uh, what's the deal with the songwriting process? Do you write the lyrics as well, or do you just write the the, the song and yeah. yeah, sort of come up with how it's going to go? So, the bum-bum-bee-bum bum, bum at the start has been likened to Ella, Ella, A, A, A from Umbrella. Mm-hmm. Fraser McAlpin from BBC Music had his own take likening the song's chorus to Eiffel 65's Blue. Dabba dee die.
1: I sort of get it, but also stop trying to bring Europop back into everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I guess it has the same sort of like. Because if I recall correctly, the chorus is very like. Dabba dee dabba die, mama. Like, just lots of mama
0: and, uh, sort it, of. But- did he say if I was green I would die?
1: No, no, that was we'll, a
0: joke. Well, like in primary school, we didn't know we didn't know <laughs> what they were saying, <laughs> and so it was a hotly debated topic. No, it was like double D, double die. No, am I? If I was green, I would die. No,
1: no, as the song title itself says, it is blue, and then in parentheses, da-ba-dee, D. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, like I get it. And I guess that's sort of, it's one of those sort of hooky things that you can sort of latch onto. Like, mm-hmm. even if you didn't sort of pay much attention to the rest of the song, I'm sure that like down the line, it would sort of become an earworm because you just sort of quietly to yourself like, burn, 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 it. Like. You
0: can't fuck up the lyrics.
1: True. Um, yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is I'd much rather it be likened to Ella Ella than Eiffel 65.
0: Yeah, one of her at. Her own songs. Yeah.
1: I saw a tweet today where someone was like, Zoomers are soon going to discover Eiffel 65's Blue Dabba and we just have to be ready for that. Which, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already given, like, Hyperpop is such a thing now because, like, we already sort of had a version of that and it was the likes of fucking Eiffel 65 and Hamster Dance and... um.
0: Did the... So, like, the... the- Resurgence in 90s fashion, does that extend to the music, or is it just the fashion, though?
1: I think it's just the fashion at the moment. I guess the same way that we revived whatever era of fashion back in the 2000s or whatever, 90s, 2000s.
0: I guess, like, emo was a a hyper-realised version of goth. Yeah. In a way.
1: And then I guess, like... Well, even like just the shift from bloody like hipster jeans back to high waisted, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm fashionable enough to be able to com- comment on fashion because I mean, what I was wearing back in the day was probably very different to what was cool.
0: <laughs> where, well, I think you're cool. Where my
1: mom thinks I'm cool.
0: Where, where we are sitting in the, in the, uh, the studio, they're uh, all my clothes, so I'm looking at them and I'm like, it's just band shirts and black <laughs> jeans for me. Like, That's because you're a classic. I'm, I'm not fashionable at all, so. <laughs> so the song. Yes. Take a guess at what key it's played in.
1: Well, it's got to be a minor key because yeah. it's, um, a dep- not depressing, but like a spooky song. Mm. And that is all I know.
0: It's a B minor. And is set in common time with a moderate techno groove.
1: Did you lift that from Wikipedia? I did. Nice.
0: So the it, video, sorry,
1: is common time just four four? I assume so. Four four is pretty common. I'm going to look this
0: up. So the video was directed by longtime Rihanna collaborator Anthony Mandela or Mandela.
1: <laughs> I thought for a second you said um Nelson Mandela. I was like, what?
0: Wait, what? That's really. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I know she's popular, but, like, goddamn <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I know that, like, he did a lot to sort of liberate South Africa, but, like, I didn't know he had that sort of artistic bend.
1: <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Uh, common time is just 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. Four, four.
0: So, I don't know why they didn't just say 4-4. Four, four.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: So, Anthony Mandela directed the... Man Eater video by Nelly Furtado. He directed When We Were Young by The Killers. Sick. He also directed Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna. Sick. So the song reached number six in Australia, number one in Belgium, New Zealand, and the US. Now, what do you think of the song? Uh,
1: Well, I guess we didn't really comment on the video. I know that you sort of observed, like check out this attempt at Nine Inch Nails, basically, or Marilyn Manson.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like, it definitely feels like, I don't know if so much, um, oh, I guess they both sort of did it, but, like, I guess I want to talk more about Trent Reznor because he's not cancelled.
1: Yes, fair. Uh,
0: And Marilyn Manson is heavily cancelled. So I liken it to things like, um, yeah, to a band like Nine Inch Nails with their visuals in the the video clip. Um, It's definitely, it does not get as grimy as like, because I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like a video like Closer, how it's just like, (laughs) that's, that's like covered in a layer of dust. Like everything in it is just so, it has this really old, dirty feel to it. It's the dirty fish and chip shop boy. He is the dirty fish and chip shop boy. Um, But it's like, there's still like my thoughts about this song is it's sort of like spooky sexy like yeah it's definitely like it's like the sexy version of Dead Man's Party or like yeah or like um like the Monster, monster Mash. mash.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? That song is fucking sexy uh, as I. I just I want to <laughs> gets me going.
0: I want to do some uh some like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what it's called. It, makes,
1: a- it makes you want to do the Monster Mash.
0: Yeah, alright. There's a, there's a, there's a dance move, there's a dance move that's like, that's like done by strippers and stuff that does not have a nice name, and it's pretty derogatory towards women, so.
1: Oh, the S-Drop?
0: Yes, the S-Drop. And I'm glad you were able to figure that out so I don't have to cut that out, because we'll just call it the S-Drop. Yes, the Monster Mash makes me want to become my own dirty fish and chip shop boy.
1: Makes you want to graveyard smash,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Um,
0: but like, it, it's still like this is still like she's she's got like the white contacts. And yeah, she's, she's hanging out with weird people, but there's not there's not anything that's like terribly scary about them. It's like a large, a very muscly. Mm. What I'm assuming is an African American man, but he's like face is painted white, but it's like. That's all it is. And it's like, there's twins. Yeah. Twins are scary.
1: Twins, Basil.
0: And it, it never sort of, like, really delves into, like, okay, this is kind of fucked up, or this is really, like, unsettling. It's still, like, you're still supposed to be attracted to Rihanna at the end of this.
1: I guess maybe that's sort of the caveat, caveat, however the hell you pronounce it, of... caviar. Yes. Yeah. The, that's the caviar of... Um, being a pop singer. Well, yes. Like, I know she's not strictly pop, but, like, she is in the same playing field as. So, like, it had to be somewhat sanitised to get somewhere. Yeah. Um. I just... And- Sorry, you go. And, like, she has talked about, like, dark topics and stuff, and, like, especially considering her past in terms of fucking Chris Brown. Yeah. Absolute piece of shit. Like, but... I guess at this point she was still relatively new to the game-ish.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because this would have
0: been... That whole mess with Chris Brown would have not been long after this. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm thinking. Um, And so I guess, yeah, like, you did sort of have to keep it PG. And, like, not in a sexy sense, just in a... You don't want to get too fucked up because you don't want to, like, alienate. Your target audience, kind of thing.
0: To play devil's advocate, I guess she didn't have that that persona of being weird. But um, on the other end of the spectrum, if this was done by Gaga,
2: yeah, would have
0: she would have dived right into it, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess maybe because that's how. Gaga sort of established herself, at least, like, when she made it big, was...
0: Yeah, like, the meat suit and... uh, Well,
1: just wacky. Like, camp, wacky, that sort of thing, whereas Rihanna was more about being, like, cool and sexy and... And that's, like, neither of those is to the exclusion of the other kind of thing. It's just the dynamic, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me the scariest bit about the video was the tarantulas, (laughs) just the... The idea of having those guys crawling on me just made me want to hurl a bit.
0: I'd love to know if that was real or not. Yeah, that's a good point. I could kind of see Rihanna being cool with it, though. Yeah. I could see Rihanna being like, just fuck it, put some tarantulas on me. Yeah. We'll get the shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a good video, but yeah, I think... To me, it... Doesn't quite fit. Like, it sort of does, but then it doesn't, if that makes sense. I don't
0: know. It kind of does for me because like there is, there's a movie called Disturbia, which I think is just basically like a late 2000s sort of soft remake of the movie Rear Window by, yeah. by yeah. Hitchcock. Um, like, so I think I, when I hear Disturbia, I do think of like teen horror film. Sort That's of thing. true. So, like, it does kind of fit in my mind. Um, I'm still just sort of like going off the idea of what if Lady Gaga did this and it would, yeah. it would be, it would, I'm not saying it would be better, it would just be different. Like there would be differences and I probably would be scared because I'm thinking of you had, when I came home um, from being out the other night and you were, you had video clips playing mm. and the film clip to, uh, uh, what was the, the, Alejandro. Alejandro and it's like oh that's really striking that's yeah. a really like she like pulls out some really bold imagery yeah. in this some of it sort of like gets pretty close to Nazism, but
1: yeah it's, it's yeah, pretty fucked like
0: i'd rather i'd rather you know not see that sort of thing yeah um but yeah i i still just sort of maintain that like it's kind of just like a sexy scary sort of satanic song i think Like, with the chanting and everything.
1: Yeah. I think, like, I definitely enjoy the song. Like, the video is sort of secondary to the song to me pretty much always. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule. But, like, and I do enjoy it. Like, I remember when this song came out, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I enjoy this. I think listening to it now, like, I do still enjoy it. On, like, a surface level, but the more I sort of overanalyze it, it just kind of sounds a bit goofy to me. mm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, to me, it definitely leans towards, like, the Monster Mash, as <laughs> opposed to... What was the other one we were talking about? Um, Alejandro? No, the... Dead Man's Party? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or Close Up by Ninety Sales.
1: No, actually, no, because Dead Man's Party is also a bit goofy, but, Dead like... Dead Man's Party me- was goofy. To me, it falls into that category of, like, songs that are just a bit goofy, because it's, like... How scary is this? Like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's not like, it's not surface level. It's just very much like, let's just like do some weird stuff.
1: And because like, I get that it's, um, like it's talking about sort of like mental struggles and that kind of thing. And so like, it's quite a poignant topic to talk about, but to me, it just sounds like a kind of poorly written, like ghost story. Like, Mm. I don't know. I think for me, I kind of, because when I was reading the lyrics, just to make sure I had them, and it's like, yeah, better think twice, your train of thought will be altered, so if you must falter, be wise. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just, it kind of just sounds like a lot of empty sort of lyrics.
0: Which you, yeah, could also be because, like, I don't know. Depending on if she did write the lyrics or not, like she could potentially be singing about someone else's mental anguish. Yeah. Um Yeah, like not trying to humanize Chris Brown. That dude's an asshole. Fuck him. Yeah. Um but like if he wrote the lyrics, she's singing his mental anguish. Like it's it's not Yeah, it's not hers. If that's if that's the case. She might have written the lyrics, in which case then cool. Yeah. I, I still remember that meme of her in the recording studio and she's like, yeah. and I think it was four, I think it was four good girls gone bad. I
1: think so. Yeah. And it was
0: like, and she's like, the lyrics just got so real to me that like, I just had to stop and cry. And then it's like the next, the next thing it was like, come on, rude boy, boy, can you get it up?
1: <laughs> I think that was in the album after possibly, oh, but okay. yeah, it just, I remember that. And like, yeah, it's kind of dumb because, like,
0: obviously there's more to it than just that but, song. But it's just, just like- the
1: juxtaposition of those. Yeah, I remember having a good cackle when I saw that. It's
0: it's the Rihanna version of "I love all my children equally." I don't care about Joe. <laughs> I don't
1: care for Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just the shot chaser sort of element of it. Um, so just looking at Genius real quick. So yeah, Disturbia was written by. Then boyfriend and fellow recording artist Chris Brown alongside his team, the Graffiti Artists, and it was supposed to be his song. Like, he was supposed to use it for a re-release of one of his albums. Yeah, You can also hear his backing vocals, which I thought it was him, but I wasn't sure, mm. so maybe I just... I don't know. Oh, and then there's a comment here. Although he still earns royalties for the highly successful record, he apparently regrets writing it for her for reasons he has yet to reveal it's just like, well, fucking too late, dude. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I guess in that sense, like, I... Yeah, like, Rihanna does a good job of it, like, and I'm not trying to sort of be patronising. She genuinely does. And I guess now that I know, like, the lyrics are removed from her, like... Mm it sits a bit better with me that, like, it comes across as a bit goofy because it's like, well, oh, well. Like, yeah. with what she was given, she did a really good job.
0: It's still... I still carry the the sort of sentimentality that it still, to me, feels like not in, not in any other sense other than she's just that fucking talented that she doesn't need to put everything out there yeah. in terms of her voice. Like, yes. It still, to me, feels like... I'm not not calling her lazy, not calling her bad. Just feels like she's not giving us everything just yet cuz at some point she will and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I said this in the in the umbrella episode. I said the same thing about Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado had that that feeling yeah. to be like like she's just like she's giving you like 10%, 10% is still amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's better than my 100% kind yes.
0: of thing. Um your 100% is amazing though. Aww. So I would Happily take that any day of the week. When we talked in the last Rihanna episode about, like, the Rihanna conspiracy theories, I do love the idea that this, like, could be an indoctrination song into, like, the <laughs> Satanic Temple. And it's like, I mean, the Satanic Temple and, like, Satanists and everything, I mean, they're definitely cooler than, yeah. you know, any other religion. And it's definitely a sexier religion. It's a <laughs> sexy religion. Besides, like, maybe Wiccan. Sure. Hey, I'm 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 all up with with the witches. Like we've got a black cat.
1: We do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um.
0: I I can get a cauldron.
1: Sh- sure. <laughs> so, do you have any other thoughts to add aside from how much you enjoy Wiccan theology?
0: Like in saying all of that, though, like I still I still really like this song. Yeah, yeah. and it's. It's still just like, just like throughout the week, I've just had bum, bum, beer, um bum, yeah, bum, yeah. beer, bum. It's stuck in my head. Like, it's just, it stayed there and I've, I've not wanted it to leave. So, uh, Rihanna's indoctrinated me. Look, look I'm not going to say that Rihanna's a secret Satanist or anything like that. Um, you do whatever you want to do, Rihanna. It's, it's all good. Um, but it's like, I don't know, I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, um...
0: I like it.
1: <laughs> while I think about it, so... <laughs> I really love this, and also, like, who knows what is correct on the internet, but, like, I was looking up the meaning of the word Disturbia, because to me, like, I think I first heard it when this song came out, if not when the film came out. So it was like
0: Disturbed Suburbia.
1: And that's exactly what... It's a portmanteau of those two words. Oh, okay.
0: Um,
1: hang on, let me have a look. Yeah, a blend of the words disturbing or disturbed and suburbia. Uh, bear with me. Disturbia is used to convey a perceived sense of distress about modern life, especially middle-class consumerism in American suburbs. And that's according to dictionary.com under the Slang Dictionary. Um, and, like... I think, like, when I first heard the word Disturbia, I just sort of inherently got an idea of, like, it was just a sense of, like, anxiety but not necessarily about the ennui of American Mm. life. But, like, reading the genius annotations that go with Rihanna's song just kind of makes me laugh because there's this one person who's, like, opining about what the meaning of disturbia is. And I feel like they get it slightly wrong or, like, they just sort of read way too much into it. So, hang on.
0: So they've basically created their own word to sort of, to, like, create another hook, I guess, into it.
1: I don't know if Rihanna, like... I don't think the word existed because of her, if that makes sense.
0: No, no, but, like, whoever wrote the song... Oh, yeah. Like, sort of has created their own word to, like, Make, I I don't know, try and create like new language, I guess, or something, but yeah. Yeah. Never heard anyone say, oh man, that's got me really disturbed.
1: Well, I guess because it's more of a feeling than a
0: Uh,
1: verb or like adjective or yeah. Anyway, I'll um, let
0: you go on.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) no, because someone on Genius said, I feel like you could probably just edit this whole fucking bit out, but that's fine. I'll let you listen to it and decide. (laughs) So yeah, they say, Disturbia is a play on dystopia, defined as an imagined place or state in which everything is unpleasant or bad. Blah, 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 blah. The (laughs) the use of herb (laughs) gives it connotations of an urban environment, tying it to the City of Wonderline. It's also worth noting that this is a homophone of disturb ya, tying the word heavily to main theme of the song, pushing boundaries for the sake of exploring what is pleasurable and what is not. I feel like they,
0: they, I feel like they really get that wrong.
1: It's a reach, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's literally disturb and suburbia. suburbia. Like it's, d- yeah.
1: <laughs> I think for me, that's what, like, and I'm reading too much into it now because to me, like the concept of disturbia being that sort of suburban anxiety kind of thing doesn't quite fit this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to bring that up. So maybe just edit. Ah, <laughs>
0: no, I'm leaving that in there. I liked it.
1: You just don't want to edit any more than you have to. But...
0: I mean, you aren't wrong, but I also like it.
1: <sighs> this has been Dictionary Corner.
0: Oh, that's a, that's going to be a new segment from our uh, from our other segment. Is
1: fiberglass glass? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, let's keep.
0: Let's. let's... Catch a cab and move Uh,
2: on. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. I feel like I'm being really mean, but it's it's just that I'm...
0: You're hungry, like me.
1: True. I'm hangry.
0: And tired. <laughs> All right. You're hired.
1: <laughs> You're fired. All right. So, The Cab formed in 2004, and they hail from Las Vegas. Uh, they formed when vocalist Alexander DeLeon and original bassist Cash Colligan, that is such a sick How name. How good is that name?
0: That could be a pop punk. Band name, Cash yeah, Sullivan.
1: yeah. Uh, they met in, you guessed it, high school.
0: <laughs>
1: they recorded music together and would put their tracks up on MySpace.
0: Yep, they they, they shared space with me on MySpace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we should dig up your old demos and put them on here. Uh, they were signed to Decadence Records after giving their demo to Spencer Smith and John Walker of Panic at the Disco while attending a Cobra Starship slash. Boys like girls slash cartel show. Um, do you want to jump in with your little? Well,
0: how did how did the members of the cab know that that people from Panic at the Disco would be at this show? They weren't like they weren't advertised. They weren't playing. It was just a couple of dudes hanging out watching the show.
1: I mean, if you knew it was a fueled by ramen slash decadent sort of setup, that's true. I don't know. I feel like. Having been a member of that scene at the time, I feel like those bands sort of ran in very close-knit circles with one another, like, it probably, and especially if you're in the US where things are just a bit more accessible, like, it probably wouldn't be too much of a reach Mm. to at least assume you'd see someone there. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they knew them. Who knows? The music magazine Blender named the cab number 420, nice, nice. on their top 100 report yeah. of 2007.
0: So, so, I yeah, I looked at that and it was like, they did a top 100 report, but the cab made reached number 420.
1: So how far beyond the top 100 did they do? I mean,
0: they probably do like 500.
1: Okay. It wasn't meant to be top 1,000? Probably not. No,
0: nah, no, it was 100.
1: Huh. Uh, they received this ranking before they'd released any official material, so...
0: Probably why they only got to 420.
1: <laughs> uh, the cab's first album, Whisper War, featured guest spots from Brendan Urey and Patrick Stump on the song One of Those Nights, and Stump co-wrote the song. I think he, yeah, he used, to, like, Patrick used to have a fair bit of input on just his label mates' records and, yep. like... Yeah.
0: So is that, like, a hole-in-one for you, putting Patrick and Brendan in the same song? Or would you have to get Gerard in there as well?
1: I mean, I wouldn't want to cross-pollinate, if that makes sense. Like, having Brendan and Patrick on the one song, which has been done a few times by now. Oh, really? Uh Yeah. Um, like, there's a really sick song on... Foliadjerp called Twenty. Dolan Nosebleed, which Brendan has a pretty significant part on, Um, and it's delightful, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, to me, like, it makes sense to have them on there, but if you were to bring in, like, other, like, Gerard, it wouldn't make sense to me. No, It would be sort of like mixing food or paint or something. Oil and water. (laughs) Yeah, sure.
0: So, like... I mean, I am not as trained up on both bands as you are, obviously, but to me, they sound very similar, similar vocal-wise. Mm. Like, I wouldn't be able to distinguish the two of them, I don't think.
1: I remember it used to take me a little bit, like, because, yeah, I think it was on $20 Nosebleed. I hadn't quite clocked originally that Brendan was on that. Or
0: kind of like when you first started listening to my brother my brother i and mean you're like which brother's which
1: i know um like it was sort of that thing where as soon as you know the difference it's so obvious mm. i think i'm going to request that you put in the i think second chorus and bridge of one of those nights um here okay. As, like, a listening exercise for our fans. Anyone who knows the difference will be like, well, that's stupid because they're so different. But, like... Because, yeah, I was thinking about this on the way home. I was trying to figure out how to sort of describe... Like, to me, Brendan's voice is a bit more... It comes from the throat more? Mm -hmm. Like, a bit more throaty, a bit broader. Whereas Patrick's voice is a bit more nasal. And then, like, in terms of how they present or, like, emote in their voice, like, Patrick... Always goes a lot harder. Like to me, mm. Brendan is sort of the, like, the Rihanna of the situation where he can sort of do more with less. Yeah. But then Patrick, like, fucking fangs it and, like, he's way more soulful, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Does that help at all?
0: It does. Like, I sort of, like, I'm gonna, I don't want this to sound mean, but it might sound a little bit mean. Like, Patrick feels more real and Brendan feels more manufactured. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brendan feels way more manufactured.
1: No, I, yeah. like, to me, like, because they both are equally talented singing, but yeah, to me, like, Brendan, that's why I sort of liken him to Rihanna in the sense of, like, it sounds mean, but, like, he doesn't have to... Mm. Yeah. And... But then I guess the downside of that is it's very easy for him to sound a bit manufactured or a bit soulless, even though he's got a very full body Mm. voice. Whereas, yeah, Patrick, you sort of know that he's like, he can just sort of croon and be kind of chill and it still sounds really awesome. But like, part of what I like about him is he just goes absolutely ham. Like, if you listen to a song like Church or something where he just like, Goes for it. It just sounds so sick.
0: Look at him work those hams. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so that's the difference. That is my book report on how Brendan and Patrick are different. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you. You are welcome.
0: I I feel more learned.
1: Excellent. Um, so although the cab are still listed as active, they only have two albums to their name, being Whisper War and Symphony Soldier, which they released in twenty eleven. Um, yeah. I believe that Alex is doing a side project because I did try and get in touch with him for the podcast. I think I just kind of wanged it because I hit enter way too quickly on like a very half cooked message and had to
0: backtrack and be like, ah, fuck, sorry. You really schlonged him on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he goes by Bones, B-O-H-N-E-S, Bones.
0: Bones.
1: As like a side project.
0: Um. Boonez. <laughs> Boonez.
1: But yes, I did really schlong that one.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think of the cab's cover of this? I love it. It's good.
1: Like, yeah. this is one of the ones that I cherry picked back in the day, like, back when I was well aware of uh, punk goes, yep. but I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to, like, listen to everything. Um, but yeah, the cab, like,. I think, I, yeah, I was explaining to you before we started recording, like, they came about just as I was about to age out of the scene. Yeah. So, like, I never got, like, super duper into them, but I just remember the hype surrounding them when they first came out. And, like, to me, the cab. I remember thinking I was, like, really clever when I sort of came up with this, but I was like, they're basically, like, the end sync of pop punk slash emo, because, like,. Mm. Just, like, the use of, like, really sort of pop elements in their music, like, if you listen to just the lead singles off Whisper War, like, Bounce, um, there's just some really incredible, like, artificial Max Martiny sounding, like, keys and stuff that come in and, like, it just, it sounds like a boy band, yeah. but it's got a bit more oomph underneath it because, of course, they're seeing kids kind of yeah. thing. Um, And, like, Alex's voice is gorgeous, like... Yeah. Look, it sounds really mean, but, like, he's never going to be, like, Patrick Stump level for me, but he's got a really gorgeous voice and he uses it really well. So, yeah, like, they already had the chops to just be a solid, like, pop-leaning band, and then they take a song like Disturbia and they just nail it. Like, they nail all the different elements, like, from the beginning... Like, yeah, just like they don't, they don't ham it up in ways that it doesn't need to be hammed up, but yeah. then they still give it a lot of like power, if that makes sense. Yeah, That sounds really dumb, but like, I'm sort of thinking about, and we'll talk about it a bit later on, but like some people try and outsing Rihanna when they cover this. Yeah. yeah. Whereas again, this is one where like Alex... Like he's pushing his voice but it doesn't sound forced.
0: Like stick to your lane. Like it's not gonna yeah. happen.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, is like he plays to his strengths in that, like Yeah, like there's auto tune in there, but that's to add effect. And then there's also
0: It's also like because that was that was the style of the time, was auto-tune. Yeah. Auto tune everything.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But he also does his own sort of like voice modulating and stuff. Mm but it's not because he's trying to emulate, it's because that's what he did in the cab. Like, it's just because he's a fucking good singer. And so I almost, like, it feels wrong to say, but I think I prefer this version to Rihanna's one.
0: That's a big call.
1: I know, but, like, to me the chorus is more dynamic with a bit more of a driving beat underneath it. And they sort of, like, pitch shift... Like, the little, um, it's a thief in the night, come to grab you, ah! Like, they Mm. pitch it up, whereas Rihanna takes it down, and it just, like, I've just said they don't overdo it, but, like, they sort of beef it up in areas where I would have liked to hear the original beefed up.
0: I think, for me, I still prefer the original. Like, I'm buying whatever Rihanna sells me, whereas the cab, like, show me a preview first. That's like, fair,
1: and that's probably why I'm so on board, because I've is, had the preview in terms of listening to Whisper War when I was a bit younger.
0: Yeah, because I was a bit surprised, because The Cab were a moderately, like, pretty big band yeah. at one point. like Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, one of their videos had, I think, a young, like, before she sort of became a bigger star, Hayley Steinfeld, but it would have been... Like she didn't sing in it. She was she was acting in the film clip. So I think it was like sometime between between when she was in the remake of True Grit, uh, which she's fantastic in, and then when she became a a big star.
1: Okay, so looks like she was in a music video for a song called Endlessly,
0: which might have been off uh, their second album.
1: I think it was, but like. Yeah, I don't, just going back to the cabin, to, like, they, I don't know, they always sort of had that, like, tendency towards being a bit camp, I guess. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm just adjusting my mic a bit. There we go. Um, like, I'm just remembering the music video for Bounce. Like, I don't know what kind of budget they were on, but it was just the classic sort of, we're all wearing white, and then, oh no, we're having a fight, and now everyone has paint all over them. But like... Yeah. <laughs> I think the bit that got me was <laughs> Patrick Stump had a cameo dressed as Andy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm just gonna make sure I didn't like hallucinate this, but um, I
0: don't have too many like uh, like I know of Andy Warhol. I know of like the Marilyn Monroe picture and the painting and the the Campbell's. He did the Marilyn Monroe. He too, did, yeah, and the Campbell's soup can. But like my one of my favorite like wrestling moments was it was like wrestlemania two or three It was the one where cindy lauper was there as well and so it's like it almost seemed like they were holding this wrestlemania at madison square garden and like next door there was an art exhibit yeah and they (laughs) sorry you go and they like so there's a bit where it's like Hulk Hogan celebrating in the back with Cindy Lauper, because Cindy Lauper was a legitimate wrestling fan and she, Shit, yeah. and she managed, she managed the female wrestler, Wendy Richter.
1: Oh, cool. And
0: it's like, they're all in the back celebrating because Hulk Hogan's had this big win. And like the, the interviewer, Mean Gene Oakland, like pulls up and he's like, oh, and we've got Andy Warhol here. Andy, what do you, what did you think of the match? And he's just sort of like, yeah, they were just, uh, they were so, so powerful. They were just, and it's like, I I honestly don't believe that Andy Warhol cared one lick about wrestling. (laughs) No, he probably didn't. (laughs) It makes sense to me, just to like pivot, but Mm. to get back onto topic, I guess, that they were in such a close circle to Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco. Like, they do definitely have that feeling of almost a pop punk band that is. Like, even as they're beginning, they're fading out of pop-punk, like, leaning yeah. more towards the pop. Like, they're a radio-ready pop-punk band with, like, POP! With a, like, capital POP with a lowercase punk.
1: I Yeah. I think that's what I appreciated about them, because I reckon had I been young enough to stick around in that mindset for a few more years, like... I don't know, by the time they got big, I was literally about to leave high school and start uni, and I remember definitely having a thing of like, oh, fuck, I need to, like, grow up a bit, don't I? Um, And so I think had I been a couple of years younger, like, I would have really bought into the way that they did just make things very sort of theatrical in a way. Yeah. And so for me, like, the way that they treat this song, again, it's not one of those ones where they're having a laugh, they're not being ironic about it, like, they're just giving it the pop treatment it deserves.
0: And like it I I've said this before, it definitely felt like they're an accessible version to Fall Out Boy.
1: Yeah, I get like I can see that.
0: But like this so Punko's Pop two came out in two thousand and nine. Yep. Even by then they weren't gonna be getting Fall Out Boy. Like Nah. Like thanks for the memories and this ain't a scene we're already out by then like they were already like being mentioned in shows like Thirty Rock and like they were already to the moon. Like, yeah. Fearless was not going to be able to get Fallout Boy or Panic at the Disco, but it's like, we got like a, they don't even like a sound alike, but we got like a similar feeling. Yeah, no, I get who, that. Who, yeah, are more accessible. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate or like run down the cab. It's just, hey, it's cool if you're accessible.
1: Well, to- that's the thing. It's like, they are essentially the next generation after Fallout Boy and Panic, even though it was on like... For Panic, even though it was only, like, a matter of, like, a couple of years, but, like, they definitely sort of, yeah, they came after those two bands. Yeah. So, they're always going to, like, they're going to be on, like, that second tier just in terms of it's their maturity.
0: Little, they're the little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But, no, I have a lot of time for the cab, and I've really, like, this is one of my favourite um Punk Ghost covers, because it's just. Fun. Cool. Like, it is It is very fun. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, it definitely... Um, they definitely treat it with a ton of respect. Yeah. And as you said, like, he's not trying to out-sing Rihanna.
1: No, he's just showing off his chops. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That You can do... You can do... Like, you can still sing really good without being like, hey, let me up this person. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. So...
1: We have three more covers to talk about and then we get we're off the hook and we can eat food. Yeah, I'm starving. I'm <laughs> <so hungry. laughs>
0: Um The mic is going to pick up my tummy rumbling at some point. So. I know.
1: The first one we are looking at, which Sam handpicked these three, so thank you, Sam, again. Um,
2: You
0: are welcome.
1: (laughs) First to 11.
0: So we mentioned, well, I said off mic that this definitely feels like the same song but now with a female vocalist. And, like, tying back to, like, the idea of, you know, the cab making sense that they're in the same circle as fallout boy and panic at the disco. They basically like, they tweak it a little bit, but they basically lift the drum beat to dance dance. That is the drum cover. beat
1: from dance dance. And honestly, like I could almost mentally just sort of overlay, like even just the baseline from like the chorus of yep. dance dance to this and it was still fit. Yeah. Like, and i don't know if that was a conscious choice or if it was just one of those things where they probably heard it internalized it forgot about it and then were like oh yeah this is cool and then later were like ah shit yeah <laughs> yep,
2: yep, yep, yep,
1: um it's good i think i just couldn't get past that i was like blasphemy like how dare you <laughs> cuz dance dance goes hard and this doesn't
0: quite as much yeah yeah no, i um i don't know i can't even remember when this one came out um but it's like i don't know i'm, I'm definitely all for you know pop punk leaning bands that are you know fronted by women like let's see, let's see more of that what
1: no just the way you put that in it just reminds me of that like oh, i think it's just like a meme it's sort of like <laughs> my quote not a murderer end quote shirt <laughs> Is raising a lot of questions that are already answered by my shirt. Like, it just reminds me, like, just the way you were like, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy when women are, it's just like, no one was questioning that before you said that. So, now everyone's just gonna think that you're, I don't know. I don't know,
0: I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be confused with that. No, you won't. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs>
1: It'd be better if a man sang it, wouldn't it?
0: That would be better if Meet Me at the Altar sang it.
1: That's true. That's very true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, I really hate when... Because I do this, but, like, when you hear one woman singing and liken it immediately to another woman, but, like, until there is, I guess, a greater saturation, that's just kind of what happens, which is shit, but here we are. Yeah. Ah! Next on the list is the Animal in
2: Me. Yeah.
0: So now there's a woman and a man
2: there
1: is.
0: singing in this song, or well, a man screaming. And, mm-hmm. um, it's like, so the video is, is them in the studio and it was done October last year. So yep. very recent. And it goes from like, it, cause he also plays, I think, rhythm guitar. So it's, it's him, her, and a second guitarist. And that yep. seems to be the band. And so, like, it goes from, like, his moments where he's, like, screaming in the microphone to, like, him very calmly just playing the guitar. And it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's really jarring. It's like, maybe those moments where he's screaming just don't put the bits where he's also then playing the guitar. Cause it's two separate, <laughs> it's two separate things. Like, he's sitting down playing the guitar or then he's standing up and screaming.
1: But he contains multitudes.
0: I don't know. I, I don't hate putting a breakdown in this song. Yeah. Like, um, I think it works. You you made the remark that you're like, oh, that's a woman. I thought it was a prebubescent boy.
1: I know, and that sounds really mean, but, like, I honestly just thought this was a classic easy core band where yeah. they juxtapose with just the very nasal, like, like...
0: Yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that. Just, like, you had the one dude who growled and then you had the one dude who had, like, A real nasal voice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, To be fair, I think I tuned out pretty quick when I listened. Purely, again, just because it set off that like ugh sort of response that I get when literally it just opens with.
0: Yeah, because it has like it has a heavy start. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's they. I don't know if I don't know if it's called this. I'm pretty sure it is, but it's like it's basically like when you have a guy growling and a girl singing cleans. Beauty in the Beast vocals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be the other way around. I want I want her to scream and him to...
1: I mean, that would be interesting, at least. Like, this is just like, yep. Yeah. But then it, again, I guess it is a step up from classic Easy Core, where it's just two dudes. Yeah. I don't know. Or one dude. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, was this the one where you noted, like, the mix over her vocals? As- yes. Yeah.
0: So the guitar's... Uh, like, her vocals are quieter than the guitars. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that.
1: Like, is it a conscious choice, do you think? Or, because it, yeah.
0: Like, she's she's definitely a really good singer. But it, it, it's like, did the, did the other dudes decide to, like, mix the guitars up? Or was it, like, protecting her a little bit if maybe her voice wasn't strong enough? Like, she's covering Rihanna. Yeah. And, I- yeah.
1: And I think this is one where, like, she could have done with, um, what's the word? Like, not trying to match? Yes. Because, like, to me, like, even just at the beginning, like, she's very much sort of over singing the... bum. bum, bum, It's just like, dude, like... Yeah, (laughs) it just... just, You (laughs) you don't need to add, like, that sort of modulating, like, singing in cursive over
0: the top. Singing in cursive. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I like show us who you are, and like don't. And don't look, to be fair, out. that
1: could be who she is. Yeah. But uh, to me, it just sort of feeds into that thing of like, or you could just sing instead of doing this over the top.
0: I yeah. I, I stand by the thing. Like she has a very good voice. Like better. She than, does. Yeah. Better than I do. But it's still like. Why are the guitars mixed over that? Because, because Rihanna's not going to be, like, mixed, like, Rihanna's not going to be mixed under anything, like, no. Rihanna's front and centre.
1: I think, yeah, like, just elevate your vocalist a little, like, for mm. fuck's sake.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Hopefully it just comes down to, like, a slightly shit mixing yeah. sesh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright, so last one, and then we get to... Eight. Yeah.
1: last one is an 80s remix of Rihanna's original by the YouTube channel slash user Exile.
0: So, this ticks off a lot of boxes for me in regards to 80s music, but I think that's because it's definitely, it feels like they're pulling bits from a whole bunch of different 80s music. So, like, definitely has bits where it sounds like, you spin me, brackets right round, Mm. and I could not figure out what that flute sound sounded like. Yeah. It's not... It's not men at work. Yeah. Um, but it definitely has, like, a sound like that. Um, it just feels like, yeah, like, definitely it's someone who's like, I love 80s music. Let's, you know, 80, 85, the Rihanna. And, like, that's what the channel was. It was like, there was a couple of Lady Gaga songs that were done in the style of the 80s. Yeah,
1: because I was going to say, like... If it's the channel I'm thinking of, and sorry, I'm just going to...
0: didn't They might have done, like, the My Chemical Romance yeah, one as well.
1: Which, and I like what they do, because it's unique, but also done well enough that yes. it's, it's worth being there, if yeah. that makes sense.
0: Like, I, I very much enjoyed it. As I said, it ticks off boxes, but that's because it feels like it's purposefully trying to tick off my boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That probably, that that sounded better in my head. Than it did coming out <laughs> ticking off my boxes.
1: That's fine. I'm just trying to check. Maybe it's like a I don't know if they necessarily did the my chem one, but it falls into that same category of like Yeah, so it looks like this user mostly focuses just on straight pop. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, like, this rules. So like, I don't think it is Necessarily better or worse, if that makes sense. Like it's just different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. I don't. I don't really have anything else to say. It's no. good. Give it a listen.
1: Yeah.
0: You. You might get a chuckle out of it.
1: Exactly. So. Uh, hell yeah or yeah nah. Yeah, hell yeah for both. Hell yeah. Yeah. With an emphasis on hell because it's spooky. Yeah. The devil. <laughs> Uh, what are we covering next week?
0: So, we're going back to your neck of the woods mm-hmm. by uh, talking about Lord and her song Royals, mm-hmm. which was covered by
1: Youth in Revolt, Youth in
0: Revolt for Pongo's Pop Six.
1: Mm
0: hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening. Thank
0: you for listening.
1: Uh, hit us up on Twitter at PunkGoesPod, hit us up at Gmail, on Gmail, via Gmail at PunkGoesPod at gmail.com. Um, I mean, keep hitting us up on Instagram, but at the moment, like I keep seeing there's notifications there and I'm just like, eh, I'll look at them later, (laughs) (laughs) which pretty much just sums up my mindset to a lot of things at the moment. So... That's disturbing. Yep. Disturbia. Mm.
0: That's that's been disturbia. <laughs>